How's it going? My name is Anthony Anthem, and today we have a sponsor, Blue Apron. Some of the most magical food in the world with organic ingredients made in your local farmer's markets. So precious, so enjoyable, and always delivered to your door. Right now, you can save $60 off on your first three boxes with the code Delivery Bros. And that is D E L I V E R Y B R O S. All one word for you to save plenty of money to try this wonderful, delectable product. We got all types of cuisines. It's always changed weekly. You never get bored. From Asian to Italian. Sometimes you might even get something fresh like for those that are vegan. They have those alternatives as well. From the carnivores to the omnivores to the herbivores. This is Blue Apron. They always got something in store. Now with that, on with the show. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. Black Fabio, a.k.a. The Midnight Marauder, a.k.a. Your Future Step Daddy, a.k.a. Um, Jisoo Gundam, a.k.a. Um, the One, The Only, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. And we have our special guest today. We've um, had him for on the show a couple times, and he's always a wonderful guest. Always comes in polite and also a very, very great conversation. We have um, my friend, my homie. And I'm Jared Wisnam with Build Up. And he's with Build Up. And when I, com- when I come here, I always have um, a great conversation with you. We always seem to go from Build Up to Building Up when it comes to our conversation. Yes, I know that was a terrible pun. I know in a way it was just so cringy. <laughs> Puns seem to be the theme of the day. I'm going to be sad if we don't have more of them reoccurring throughout this uh, this interview session here. So, oh, believe me, there's going to be plenty. It's going to be a very punny episode. I mean, I grew up reading Piers Anthony and his Zanth books, and if there's puns, I love puns. I mean, puns are never intended to truly be funny. They are supposed to make you just a little bit cringe. I completely agree. Um, this is something we like to do: is make it as cringe-worthy as possible. And people are like, oh, God, I can't believe I spent an hour listening to this. So, how you been doing? I'm not too bad. How about you? You know what? I'm doing all right. Had a little bit of crazy this last weekend, but now I'm back in full effect. Hitting it hard. Oh, well, trying to hit it hard. So, uh, how went that uh, wrestling thing you were telling me about earlier? Oh, so I went to go see a wrestling promoter by the name of Walter Fulbright. And he um, he runs this company called Journey Pro, and it's actually a local company that gets some um, independent guys from all over um, Indiana, Chicago, Philadelphia, whatever you can think of. And they're doing a big event actually that's coming up on Thursday. It's going to be at this place called Conza Hall, which is it's a bar out in Overland Park. And they've done a couple events over there um, in, the, um, in the previous time. And it looks like a great time. I'm going to go check it out on Thursday because he invited me to come over. And I want to see how it goes. Um, they're going to have this independent guy named 
Joey Ryan, and they're also gonna have a wrestling legend named Hollow Wicked. And this dude kind of has like a like a creepy jack o' lantern costume, but a dude can kick some booty in the ring. Like I, I've actually kind of followed these guys around to see what they're about and everything, so I know a little bit about them. And then of course we got a lot of local wrestlers on the card. Um, some that have gone to other promotions and did some good work. It's it's going to be very amazing. I think you're going to have a, a great time. It sounds like Thursday's going to be a lot of fun for you. It's going to be a lot of body slams and just good times. I'm not going to lie, though. The weirdest thing is, okay, so Joey Ryan, right? One of his moves is basically he uses his dick to throw his opponent. Okay, so let me repeat this again. uses his dick. Phallic object in his pants to throw his, his opponents. Yeah, his <laughs> his penis, his codpiece, the um, the rooster, the rooster, cockadoodle doo, and all that. So, uh, I assume he obviously doesn't do this move completely naked in the ring. So, thank you, God. No, no, no. <laughs> he just has a way to flip people over. Oh, okay, gotcha. It. it just happens to be look like somebody try to do a low blow or something <laughs> like that. Instead, he catches it. With that, he's just, ah! I can imagine there's no worse moment for any warrior than whenever you try and punch someone in the dick and somehow the dick catches the move. I mean, you don't want to have, like, a kung fu moment with someone's penis. That's just not something anybody needs. Yeah, it got memed for a while. (laughs) I bet it did. I bet it did. Joey Ryan is literally a walking meme. (laughs) And I was just like, if only I had those powers. I know it's pro wrestling, but still everybody wants those powers. Well, you know, a great power comes great responsibility, so make sure if you ever do, you don't abuse it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds, sounds very abusable. Plus, his style is kind of like old school. Like, he got the hairy chest or whatever, the sunglasses. Oh, gosh, he's rocking it kind of 70s sex icon style. Yeah, pretty Bert much. Burt reynolds like, it up a little bit. He he kind of looks like a wrestling Burt Reynolds. Almost. I mean, that's, that was a sex icon, especially in the 70s. I mean, shoot. Sure. I guess some people would argue till today, but yeah. Yeah, I mean he's Burt Reynolds. Everybody freaks out about Burt Reynolds. You know, R.I.P. Burt Reynolds. But even even towards your later years, I knew quite a few older ladies that would uh, pay you a lot of compliments in the old ladyest way possible, basically saying that they would love to love have a go tussle with him. Oh, that or Tom Selleck. <laughs> Tom Selleck's another great one. You know mm-hmm. the one that always baffles me though. Scott Bakula in the early '90s was a massive sex symbol. Yeah, what like, was up with that? I don't know. You can go find pictures of him. He's got like that country boy kind of aesthetic kind of thing. But it, it's always fun to see how uh, women's tastes and men have kind of changed across popular topic with that. But I was like Scott Bakula. I mean, I even like Quantum Leap, and especially uh, and this is a throwout to Always Sunny, the Always Sunny episode where they basically just. Scott Bakula it up for almost half an entire episode. Oh, oh no. Oh. It looks like the camera's... Oh, it clicked on. Oh my gosh. So, what I'm doing over here as I'm listening to him talk about Scott Bakula, even though Scott Bakula is the man, <laughs> um, is trying to adjust... I'm trying to test record. I'm not saying I'm going to stop putting stuff out on YouTube. Uh, but, um, man, I, I lost my figure of speech for a second. You're exploring your options. We're exploring the options. And so I thought this would be a great day to do the test as I'm trying to figure out how to use this camera claw that Jarek has um, donated to this cause for a second. He's letting me use it while we're doing this episode because he's a wholesome man with an American dream and an American stand and everything American. They things you, if you had told me years ago were going to define me, I would have been like, huh, that seems odd. Are you sure you've got the right guy? <laughs> but this is America. This is where anything is possible. Oh, if we lose the A, that sounds way more appropriate. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. America. 
Welcome to the Midwest where America reigns. <laughs> where America's always reigned. America may have been the origin point for somewhere around this area. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, with that, this is the American podcast. <laughs> um, but no. So, how's your wife doing? I'm doing good at home, you know, getting some rest, working the two jobs and everything like that, exhausting yourself. Uh, for those who don't know, my uh, fiance has actually been currently helping out over at Gilbert Whitney. So if you ever walk into Gilbert Whitney, there's a high chance you'll see her there trying to help you out with things. Oh, very good. Yeah, she's a very nice woman. She's always trying to pitch a hand into something, always busy, but always very ambitious. So it's good to see um, a strong couple like yourself, like just holding each other down in the best way possible. No, we're, we're doing our best. We're trying our best. It's gonna still got a long way to go on this journey, but... Well, you know, when I was younger, I didn't have this ambition like you guys did. But, you know, I'm getting to that point in my life now where I'm kind of a relic, so I'm trying to find, you know, solid ground to make sure this whole tree has some roots. I mean, mean, that's how it works. Everybody's lost until they decide where they want to go. And I'm not going to lie, I know for a fact that you guys are older than me, but at the same time, I feel like I'm old, and you guys feel like y'all got youthful, (laughs) which doesn't make any sense to me. just doesn't i mean i'm just to the point where like now i'm like one foot in the grave one foot out and um i'm slowly fading away i'm just gonna do like a loose skywalker and just disappear into the air i mean I'm, i i see you whittling away right in front of me right now i mean exactly. you're, you're barely a man right now you're like seeing me and see through i'm a barely a man you know what i don't even know if i i caught that and i don't know how i feel about that last part it's like i want to be reflecting on that the rest of the podcast now like my self esteem just went down to an all time low, and that's how I feel right now, guys. <laughs> no self esteem. It's already over. It's old yellow treatment. All <laughs> no yellow treatment. Oh, we're just taking you out back, huh? We. <laughs> it's like this is going farm up north for you. Is that where you're headed? <laughs> it's like no more eagle heist. The eagle heist is over. <laughs> if you live in the eagle heist, should never have started. So <laughs> okay, first of all, that was a perfectly hatched plan. And just think, we haven't even talked about other exotic animals we can hunt. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to go hunting exotic animals, and I'm generally of the predisposition group that does go hunt exotic animals. That's what I'm saying. We should go exotic animal hunting and find the last dodo if there's another last dodo. <laughs> go find the second to the last dodo, the dodo adjacent. I mean, I know the dodo is actually extinct. <laughs> At the same time, I would love to have some dodo scrambled eggs with some biscuits. How do you know? Huh? How do you know you'd love to have it? Oh, I mean, they used to eat dodo eggs. But how do you know you'd like it? Because I'm an adventurer. <laughs> yeah, you, you eat it and think it's absolutely disgusting. Why We're going to have a this? giant dodo omelet, okay? <laughs> it reminds me of the fact that I guess in uh, Britain you can only eat swans if you're part of the royal family or during like special royal events. I and don't think I want to eat a swan, though. And apparently, from what I've heard, swans are not exactly terribly great, so I'm not sure why you'd want the privilege. They're, they're mean birds. They're horrible. <laughs> I, I was more talking about taste, but also I guess they're general temperament how often do you run into swans do you have you had some altercations with swans no but for some reason there were some geese in my neighborhood and i live on 23rd and nolan there's no freaking lake in 23rd and nolan so you're saying they they didn't need they they were literally in my yard like three mornings ago i'm like you're a little bit far from a body of water what the hell are you doing here oh with that um i'm gonna take a pause um i just realized something one sec and we are back I'm sorry about that. I had an emergency, had to take care of. Um, It's called um, when the bodily function goes through its natural states. Um, 
basically, yeah, I had to use the bathroom, guys. That's just what it really is. <laughs> Digestive tract tr- troubles, stomach issues. Okay, first of all, I told them I wanted almond milk. And next thing you know, I realized I'm drinking regular milk. And I could tell they put regular milk in it because now I'm feeling the effects. I went to Starbucks for a meeting for some future projects, which I cannot explain right now because right now it is um, in the vault. <laughs> it's just like cooking. It's, it's in the vault right now. So just know I'm working on something special in the vault. For that assault How lucky on the we are. podcast waves, <laughs> are we really lucky, or is everybody wanting to hear my velvet voice? I don't know, but we're gonna go with it. <laughs> so, um, there's something I wanted to ask you. Uh-oh. Oh, what do you mean? Uh oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we already went through our exotic animal spree. <laughs> So I want to behave myself the rest of the day. I don't believe you, but let's. let's what do you mean? You mean? I don't believe you. I am a whole. I can be very wholesome when I want to be. <laughs> when you want to be is the part that worries me. See, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I am being nothing but a humble house cat. <laughs> Meow. Oh, you're looking at me like. The same way I look at my cat whenever she tries to claim she's a humble house cat. <laughs> I am a humble house cat. What is the what is the worst kind of trouble I can make in here? I don't know. You seem pretty capable of any trouble. I mean, I, I'm not going to downplay. I mean, so so is your street cred real or not? I mean, we were just talking about your street cred. I mean, I do not have any street cred. I don't know what he's talking oh, about. Okay, so you're saying you have no street cred at all? I am a boring person. Uh, are you? Yes. Then why are you running a podcast and being an entertainer? Because I'm boring, so I could just talk in my NPR voice. Oh, so this is like melatonin? Is this to help people get to sleep or? Yes. Okay. So when we do this podcast. We want to make sure that people understand that the knowledge that we are going to be giving this podcast is something of delectable and professional quality. I think that people should understand that I am not a funny man. I am very serious. We talk about political stuff, and we also talk about um, why should you spay or neuter your, neuter your pet? You know, a bit barker on us here. Of course, you know, just to make sure everybody knows that animal safety is key when it comes to um, how they're living in a domestic environment. And um, also, uh, we can talk about condensation. 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 So, before we go a mile off topic again, what did you want to ask me? Okay, so, Mm -hmm. what I wanted to ask you was, Jared, why are your snacks so good in this job? I mean, I mean, they're they're snacks. Uh, I mean, my general pr- pr- uh, view of them would be they're just snacks most people haven't tasted before, so they're new and they have that kind of appeal to them. And then, of course, since they're import snacks from another country, you have all kinds of different ingredients, standards mm. for the Department of Hell. So there's a lot of reasons they could go into it. And I imagine, like most snacks, they they can be decisive. Some people, you know, some people will like some, some people will like another. We haven't had a lot of people jumping on a lot of our wasabi snacks, but the few that have seem to actually like uh, like them quite a bit, outside of maybe one or two who hate them. So it's like any food. There's going to be people who like some, who don't like some. That's why we try and keep our selection as broad as we can. Makes sense. I'm not going to lie, though. I'm going to be honest. I feel like Coke has been sprinkled in these cookies and snacks and stuff like that because when I'm in a whole bag of Kit Kats, that's a problem. 
whenever I'm eating any Cat Cats, that's all this problem. I didn't actually like Kit Cats pretty much at all until I discovered that there was a whole different tasting kind of Kit Kat just I outside know. of our borders. Which I don't get. Well, I mean, I remember you explaining it to me because I remember you told me that Hershey owns our Kit Kats and then Nestle owns their Kit Kats in Japan. Is it's actually uh, Nestle in America has the deal here. And then everywhere else, each country has their uh, more of a uniform thing. Like outside, like Canadian Kit Kats tend to actually use like Belgium cocoa, things like that. Okay, but, that sounds good, actually. But due to a deal with uh, Kit Kats and Nestle in the United States, they have to use Nestle chocolate, which some people feel is worse than other chocolates, etc. It's why Kit Kats from Canada, Japan, the UK taste a little bit different than the ones in America. Oh my gosh, it's do. Yeah, quite a bit, especially. And, of course, the Japanese have the wide variety of flavors, which lets you really take advantage of the fact that they actually taste different. I mean, I imagine if they were, you just got the same straight-up regular Kit Kats anywhere, even with the taste difference, it probably wouldn't be enough to make you suddenly a Kit Kat fanatic. Mm, that's very true. But I'm not going to lie. I just It's amazing because I've known about these uh, other alternative flavors for years, but the fact that I can walk into a local shop now and grab one of those specified like brands of candies, and we're talking like green tea and strawberry cheesecake and red bean and dark chocolate and other special edition Kit Kats made with um, wonderful flavor and sensations. And this doesn't taste artificial at all. It tastes like basically you are actually having the thing that is on the bag. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's something I got to say right there should make um, make people want to come to this top-tier shop of um, build-up imports and hobbies and uh, collector's items as well. Um, another thing is um, I noticed that you have different types of ramen, and you also have um, different types of just chips and different snacks or whatever. And that's one thing I could say about build-up, import hobby, and collectibles right here in um, Independence on 23rd Street. Come and, c come and get it now. Yes, I'm doing a lot of shameless plugs within two in a row. You gotta admit, that was actually pretty smooth when I did that. I'm the owner. I'm getting ready to go buy a bunch of candy just because the voice convinced me. <laughs> now, I, now, look. Okay, so I was thinking about when we first met, okay? So, like... Mm -hmm. That it was, was like just three weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> as I reminisce about earlier this month when I first looked you in the eyes and... Now we're here. I mean, it's been quite the relationship already. I can already tell that this relationship is going to go deeper after time. Are you proposing to me? Because it seems like you're you're very much going to propose mean, to me. This is going to be awkward. My fiance is going to have words. I mean, she may I, not care as much as I'd hope, but we should she still have words. I don't, I don't think that we're quite there yet. I mean, it's not me. It's, it's, like, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> you're right. It's, it's not you. It's me. Or uh, it's you sitting here being a smart aleck or whatever. Like, first of all, I am a wholesome man who is never trying to break up a couple. <laughs> Second of all, as much as I think you're an, a good-looking young man or whatever, um, you're not my type. I kind of like mines without Adam's apples. <laughs> so, um, Well, I, I can introduce you to plenty of men that don't have those. Well, <laughs> I mean, okay, so basically I want a nice girl, um, a girl girl, because – don't get me wrong, I think gender fluidity is awesome, but at the same time, I am a man who is, I guess, the stereotypical straight man without the homophobia or something like that. How to explain this without 
sounding like a hateful bastard. No, you pretty much walked into a minefield. I'm just kind of watching you uh, dangle around as you try. Okay, and first of all, I haven't correctly. stepped in a mine yet. <laughs> no, you haven't. You're just uh, keeping your foot right above hoverfoot right now. Exactly. Welcome <laughs> that up, sir. Yes. Um, he just had a customer walk in, and he's really trying to build up his supply and build up his quality and customer service. So we're going to take a break so he can go talk to that customer as he's sitting here watch, letting me walk into this uh, minefield because he thinks he's funny. Sitting here, just know when it comes down to it, hey, all love is cool in Anthony Anthem's book. Just as long as there's love and peace in the world, that makes me happy. And also, treat your significant other right, whether it's male, woman, trans, or whatever. Now with that, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back after these messages. Okay, there's no messages, but we're going to be back as soon as possible. I'm getting ready to pause this right now in 3, 2, 1. Ding, ding, ding. Anyway, <laughs> so um, we're back. He had a customer. So we've been doing a lot of stuff today, but I want you to let you know that um, sometimes life happens. And um, he uh, got a wholesome sale. Congratulations, sir. On um, going up in business. Yep. Got to plug the Sacra Festival, too, which we should probably plug on here a little oh bit. Oh, yeah. Let's plug the Sacra Festival. So, if you're on Independence, and what is it, on the... 28th of April. It's on the 28th of April. There is going to be a wonderful festival that goes on every year, um, hosted by the Sister City of Independence, Missouri. The Sister City for Independence, Missouri is Higashi Moriyama, which is in the metropolitan Tokyo area, which I've actually got to experience being in the Sister City program. I am a 2007 delegate, and I've also even worked at the Sakura Festival, where they're going to have a lot of Japanese traditions, tea ceremonies. You might even see kendo experts. There's going to be a lot for you to look forward to if you go to this festival. And what time does the festival start, sir? I believe it is starting at 10 o'clock. At you 10 may want to check the website to double check me, but I'm pretty sure it's 10. And it's great for all ages. And they'll even have good food there. And um, are you going to be there, sir? Oh, definitely. I, I mean, as a Japanese import store literally located almost dead center in Independence, we would feel it pretty inaccurate for us to not show up to that. And uh, what are they doing it this year? What are they doing it that this year, They're going to be doing it at the Uptown Market on the Independence Square this year. The Uptown Market, Independence Square. So for all you Metro listeners, go ahead and get out there. Take your kids. Take your wives. Take your husbands. Heck, take the grandma that um, decided to visit town. And come and enjoy some cultural diversity and, you know, remember that we actually have an awesome sister city situation. A very awesome sister city. I used to know the former mayor, Mayor Watanabe, back in the day. For some reason, he really liked it that I knew how to rap because we used to do this thing back in the day where we would, um, we would put on a performance so kind of show a little bit of American culture. So in our year... We had a dance routine, a drum routine, and I would also do a rap right after. And for some reason, Mayor Wapatanabe was trying to rap. Like, <laughs> it was awesome. He was like, I love when you do that. I was like, well, thank you. And I was like, 
And then he tried to spit a rap to me, and I was like, oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> what can you say? Whenever you like another culture, you do your best to imitate it. Imitation's the biggest form of flattery, and as much as Japan exports their culture, they love everyone else's culture just the same. Oh, my gosh. Yes, they do. And for some reason, hip-hop is a really big thing out there. Like, hip-hop's a really big thing anywhere, in re- I mean, it sh- as it should be. I mean, so I didn't even know they knew about trap music until the other day. I mean, they're, they're like, they got key vape and stuff like that. All these guys go, Ichima! Whew! Oh, yeah. That's how that's how all, all this kind of cultural melting pot stuff works, and you get the weirdest things out of it. It's like, you know, a bad mix-and-match potion system, but it's fantastic the results we get. I was like, y'all don't even have the same drugs we do. How do y'all know about the trap? <laughs> <laughs> they just have a different preference of drugs than we do. Okay, first of all, the drug culture in Japan um, sounds like it's a very interesting one. I know they do a lot of coke over there. They're more interested in stimulants, things that uh, kind of keep yeah. you going and motivate you, things that kind of exceed, they make you work more, basically. They're not into things that they view um, as making you useless. Like, as we were discussing earlier, marijuana is viewed as not being very positive because it makes you lazy and things like that. Although, uh, they, any drugs you do, especially against law, require basically the usual public. You come out and apologize. Uh, recently, this actually happened with the PS4 game uh, Judgment, based in the Yakuza universe, where a voice actor in that was discovered to have done cocaine. So he oh. had to publicly apologize, and they even pulled the game. They pulled almost everything he was in. The game's going to be re-released, but they're actually patching him out as a voice actor of the game. They're replacing him. Wow. So it's a really big thing for them over there. I mean, even if you get caught doing, you know, smoking a little bit of weed, even with cancer, it's a public apology, and there's a good chance your career is immediately over. Agencies won't deal with you. It's uh, They have uh, the drug war that America pre- uh, perpetuated and kind of kept perpetuating really got into them hard. And even if we give it up or, you know, move it down over time, I imagine Japan will keep hammering it pretty hard. I'm not going to lie. What they just need to do is, hey, come to vacation here in America, you can go to Colorado, you can go to California, Oregon, you can go to Washington State, you can go to Washington, D.C. Get that sweet, sweet tourist money. Yes. I mean, hey, get you some Maui Waui in Maui. Um, get you some marijuana gold. Get you some of, um, get you some of that Denver nugget. And I'm not talking about the basketball team. Now, I, I'm kind of curious about that. And this is kind of a, I, on the same topic, but I'm very, very interested. In Amsterdam, for a long time, they actually had to start banning tourists and foreigners from being able to partake in the various extra legal activities from their home countries that you could oftentimes do in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. And I believe that was relaxed at some point, but I am curious about how the laws in our country will come whenever, you know, if, if we become viewed as a place for tourists to come and kind of escape and do that kind of thing. Yeah, because, like, Amsterdam had to do that because a lot of people were acting like straight-up wankers. Oh, was, it, was that the reason? Yeah, I didn't actually look into the reason. Yeah, I mean, they were having, like, problems with, like, people, people like, not knowing their limits and stuff like that. I mean, heck, it was easy for you to get ecstasy at one point in Amsterdam. Oh, Jesus. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, like, they didn't really care. Like, hey, you want some shrooms? We got it. Hey, you want some weed? We got it. Like, basically, pardon me, the reason why they had um, the ecstasy thing, they were actually doing a social experiment to see, and they they saw there was no effect to it. There was, like, legal ecstasy. But it just got to the point where, like, certain foreigners would come up and just be ridiculous in the comp- in the country and that's why they're just like yo man we need to stop this because i'm tired of these like outsiders coming in and fucking up our town 
Which, uh, to be fair, tourists can be kind of a heavy thing, and that's really depressing because I actually was in Amsterdam in 2009, and it was a beautiful city where, honestly, yes. I felt the tourists were some of the best behaved I've seen in any of the places I've traveled to. Mm. I mean, especially compared to, like, the tourists in Tokyo, especially... I mean, the tourists in Tokyo would stop traffic to take pictures. They would try and, like, host their YouTube channels in the middle of busy tra- uh, train stations. Oh, my God. Amsterdam, though, was gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And the tourists there were actually surprisingly well-behaved at the time. But I could definitely see, given the fact that a good chunk of the center of the, our good chunk of the center of the city is kind of a red light district, some people going, as tourists occasionally tend to do whenever you're on vacation, yeah. and you, don't, you forget that you're in someone else's home. I can at least say from the time I do remember in my journey to Amsterdam it was fantastic I mean they had canals this is a romantic looking city oh yeah we, I was there I was at in a hotel and we were on the third story and uh, a storm was hitting a big massive thunderstorm and all the little channels that were running through the city had the like the waves going through them as the water became more turbulent and it was just gorgeous even during the middle of this dark storm the entire place still looked gorgeous all oh the yeah through. like people always think it's just like weed and hookers like no nah, this place was Beautiful. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. The people were the some of the nicest I ever oh ran into, especially gosh. compared to Paris. I mean, compared to Paris, where we were treated incredibly rudely by a good chunk of the people, Amsterdam treated us like we belonged there from beginning. I mean, it was beautiful. It was fantastic. Our hotel staff was incredibly nice. I mean, oh my gosh, yes. In the food, everything about it. About the only issue I have, and this is more of an issue with Europe in general, was their general refusal to. Uh, you know, make drinks cold or keep them lukewarm. Oh, yeah, because they don't use ice. They ain't got no ice and ice machines out there. No, they You can have yeah. a little cold machine to fill up your drink. You ain't getting no ice, though. <laughs> no, you ain't. Your, your drinks will always be cold. Your beer will be uh, not cold. Or, yeah, not everything will be basically lukewarm. I mean, they do chill things. It's just not to the chill that we're kind of used to here. Yeah, you ask for ice, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. I'm going <laughs> to you know that right now. It's like, oh, can I get some ice in this? <sighs> That's so, you know they call you a stupid American in the language, <laughs> right? Oh man, it's, that's it, why I never asked for ice. I was like, I'm not asking for ice. I ain't gonna be that guy. We we even went so far as to try and find like an ice cooler and some ice we could buy at a grocery store and not to be found. <laughs> ice is like a mythical thing <laughs> when you go to certain parts of Europe. You just like man, yeah, as much snow and stuff y'all get here, y'all don't have any like sources like. You know, maybe you could, like, save some snow from the Alps or something like that. Import it from some Russia. You know, like, (laughs) y'all can use the snow. This could be another piece of gold right here. (laughs) Like, come on, make some icicles into a drink or something like that or something. That's just a uh, fun cultural difference. And so whenever we went from Amsterdam, we ended up going to Tokyo immediately after that. And then Tokyo resumed actually freezing their drinks and making them cold and using ice properly. Oh, that was nice. "Oh, Oh, thank God, we're... You know, at civilization again, not insulting Europe, just to how spoiled we are at having ice. <laughs> yeah, um, we are spoiled Americans. Um, I'm not going to lie, though. I got a friend. I got a couple friends in Poland, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder, do they have ice in Poland? I don't know. As, as cold as Poland is at, like, certain times of the winter. I heard it's pretty, though. Is, are they going to have ice? I would assume it's a big cultural thing throughout the all EU because in London and uh, Paris, too, there was also still the lukewarm drinks. I think it's just more of a thing. I mean, I see no reason why they couldn't, if they wanted to, change over their culture and import a bunch of ice machines and start mass making it. Like, It's not like we have easier access to ice here for any particular reason outside of maybe having more freshwater bodies to convert into it. I mean, that may be it. Maybe it's because of all the damage from World War II in specific countries. That could make sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about the cultural difference. Like, about it. Maybe I didn't drink the tap else. water in Germany, for instance. 
I actually have no idea about the quality of tap water across the EU. I know they don't use uh, like a lot of their piping systems. They don't let you like flush toilet paper and whatnot because they don't have great oh, internal yeah. piping systems. But a I actually didn't think about their water quality. Yeah. Um, actually, no, I'll tell you that. Back. I did try some water from the sink. And, yeah, it didn't go so well. No, like, and I was in Germany, okay? And Germany's a pretty advanced country. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it just basically should be no different than mo- anything else. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, I had to get bottled water and stuff like that when I was out there. I'm not going to lie, though. I do not like sparkling water. I, I didn't like it. It was like the aftertaste. I, felt, I didn't feel refreshed after drinking sparkling water. Hmm. So, hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, I'm so used to drinking water out of the tap or whatever. Maybe that's just like the regular Joe in me or something. But for some reason, I did not like the uh, sparkling water when I was out there. Yeah, I have no idea. I never tried sparkling water while I was over there. I'm not sure if they would use different things to, like, clean it, if there was a different process that could leave a weird aftertaste. I mean, you really can't even get consistent tap water in Missouri anywhere. I mean, you go to Blue Springs, you go to Independence, you go to Kansas City, the water quality w- will be pretty drastically different. Oh, yeah. You go to any of our country towns, and who knows? You could get great water, you could get terrible water. Yeah, like, the good thing about Independence, we've always had, the, like, some pretty, like, quality water. we got the best water in the state. I can kind of believe that, yeah. If I'm correct, I think we got some of the top, mo- um, the best water, some of the best water in the United States, if I'm correct. I know we got ranked at, like, number 16 one year. Oh, that's actually some, really good. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, we have really quality good water here, and even cities are asking for us for water supplies. Hmm. Do we just have a, an excellent purification process? I or? think that's what it is. Hmm. And um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I remember they did some type of study on it or something like that, but that was a long time ago. I honestly have no idea. This is all new information to me. I've never uh, dived into this. I may be uh, doing some Google Foo afterwards just to see because now I'm kind of curious. I'm not going to lie. You can definitely taste the difference, though. Like, for instance, my brother lived in St. Louis for a while. When he was living in St. Louis, he wouldn't even drink the water out of the tap in St. Louis. It had this weird sulfuric taste to it that was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to need you to get a bread, bro. Oh, wow. That's, that's yeah. I, I've also never had tap water in St. Louis either, so I don't know. You're not missing anything. <laughs> Nothing against St. Louis people, but at the same time, y'all water sucks. <laughs> I'm just saying. I guess it works for their emos pizza or something. I don't get it. I mean, they, they get White Castle, so they can lure that over us. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, for instance, you know, a New Yorker told me, hey, man, you can't have real New York pizza without New York water. It's like, it's the water that makes it. I mean, if it adds in chemicals and certain tastes, you could say that oftentimes local flavor or culture comes from the local ingredients. And technically, if you use water in whatever you're making and it has a certain chemical, that would be a local ingredient. That's what he said. Sure. He had somebody, like, send him a box of actual water and the dough. And, like, <laughs> I kid you not, he does this because, like, he was a security guard for the Lumineers when I met this dude. And he literally would have somebody, like, send him, like, a case of, like, New York only ingredients and stuff like that, and he would make the pizza at the house. I guess if you wanted it authentic as authentic could be, it's like importing soil from a certain country so you can have like authentic, grown out of that soil kind of thing. Right. And I was like, okay, so it's the water. Hmm. It makes me wonder. Okay, so water from Chicago makes a good deep dish. <laughs> I really want a Chicago deep dish for real now. Oh man, yeah, Chicago deep dish sounds fantastic. Okay, we both agree, though, the Chicago deep dish is a um, pizza, correct? No, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Then why does why do people think, like, especially John Stewart, I love John Stewart, but why does he think it's a pie? 
I've actually never heard this rant. I've watched a lot of John Stewart. Is that his rant for it? Yes, he had a rant about the fact that it was a pie and not a pizza. It's like, dang it, John, it's a pizza. They made it at Pizza Hut at one time. It is counted as a category of pizza. But isn't isn't pizza a pie inherently? Isn't pizza pie a thing? He said it's basically a deep dish pie casserole. That that but that just sounds like you're defining pizza. It, that's what I'm saying. There is no good argument to that. Um, we gotta take a break because Jerry gotta go we'll deal with a customer real quick. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and place this on hold for one more second. I know, I know. What is with all the pauses in the podcast? Here's the thing. Welcome to the thug life of having a business life. With that, we're pausing. Bye. Okay, never mind. So um, apparently he's the guy that's just walked in the shop. It's a regular. So um, he he's like, yep, I got this. I can handle the reins. I can giddy up as a cowboy mm-hmm. and um, definitely cultivate my own essence in this shop. Because Please I, don't cultivate any essence in this shop. I don't know what cultivating essence in a shop means, but nothing about it sounds like something I want around children. Okay, not that type <laughs> of cultivating essence. I wasn't even going there. I was trying to say he was going to cultivate a nice model, basically, in his own essence. That's all I meant. I didn't say anything about some age stuff. This I'm, is, just, I'm just saying cultivating essence is a... Uh, is a phrase I'm not sure exactly what it means. There's a lot of words in there that can be pretty broadly interpreted. Okay, first of all, you nasty. <laughs> Second of all, I am a saint, first of all. I don't believe in any of that unholiness. When did the Catholic Church saint you? Okay, first of all, it all started back with <laughs> my youth, okay? I, I, I was once a wholesome guy, and then Father McFeely came into the picture and really changed that for me. And that's the way life goes. I'm not sure you know what sainting is. Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> I'm thinking you're mistaking it with something worse. Um, yes, because I have never been Catholic. I am non-denominational. That's how I grew up. And second of all, Father McFeely still resides in my brain to this day. All apologies to the Catholic Church. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've done the Father McFeely beat. Um, bit way too much. I've done it a couple times in this podcast, and my brother was listening to this right now. He was like, "Oh God, he did the model father McFeely." I mean, developing your characters, developing the characters. First of all, I'm just gonna say this loud and clear: a priest touching you was never a good thing, kids. Please tell your parents. I wasn't even kidding. I'm being very dead serious. That's with all the shit that's just like popping up in the news and everything. The R. Kelly situation, that Neverland Ranch story, mm. and all that. It's just, I'm just like, how many people have touched kids? And it's just like, what is going on? Then you tell me about Gandhi, and that confused me too. And I'm just like, oh, is anybody wholesome? Well, I mean, it's a complicated situation, even at best. And obviously, any of these people should never have done what they did. But at the same time, with how culture has evolved, even this last hundred years, things. Things are still slow and taking as best they can. I mean, it's good that people are becoming more and more aware of these things and taking actions to them. And I would prefer that the uh, deification of people who uh, did terrible things during their life and suddenly they pass away and all of that gets swept under the rug. I think that's probably a practice that should stop. 
at the same oh, time, we also probably need to learn to separate art from artists kind of thing. But it's a complicated social situation. I'm not sure anybody really will ever have a straight answer for it. I mean, yeah, Martin Luther King was getting it on with prostitutes and stuff like that. So yeah, I there's mean, that. It, it, you can go back through all of human history. And, I mean, controversy like this. I mean, we make these laws and then people break them. And it's just the ebb and flow of things. And you never quite get it right. But every time you try and just make it a little bit better. And I feel like we're kind of going through a growing spurt here. Trying to make things just that little bit better. Trying to make it to where these kind of holdouts of bad situations slowly begin to stop as qu- as much as we can. Well, I just say this. I hope Harvey Weinstein goes to jail. Yeah, I imagine he'll be there and be there for quite some time. Bill Cosby already in jail. Mm-hmm. Trying to escape the pudding pops going in his jello. No. Isn't that how the ever classic thing? live long enough to see yourself become the villain, although I guess in Cosby's case, he was always the villain, and he was just mistaking, you know, tricking oh. us into thinking. Man, I don't know. He always used to hit on some of my favorite comedians. A oh, lot Eddie. of... Yes. Um, Eddie Murphy, he hit on oh, Richard Pryor. Right. I forgot that he generally always tried to make himself out to be better than a lot of what he viewed It's like, you would always do the Phil Farm Fluff, and I'm trying to figure out why would you... Always like to use the N word and also use so many explicits. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I think I remember him being like that vaguely. I, did, I did actually never really paid much attention to Cosby. I was honestly more of a fan of Pryor and various other. But here's the thing when it comes down to it, I always seem to have the more cleaner humor. Yeah. And cleaner humor doesn't make. Cleaner humor doesn't necessarily make you a better person. <laughs> First of all, I am Dr. Cosby. That means the doctor. I have a doctorate that was given to me by the college, by the law. So with that, respect who I am as Dr. Cosby and Dr. Cosby only. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that all pretty much sounds like he's just trying to signal to people that he's superior to some degree. I am the most superior person in Hollywood, if you didn't know that, because when it comes down to it, it's just I don't understand the black people today with the pants and the boots and the the hibbity-hop and the... I, yeah, he did kind of act actually like a big. I mean, yeah, he was definitely a big like ageist. I'm trying to think how you think it. He just didn't accept the fact that he, that cultures changed over time. He was trying to really pure, he almost tried to be puritanical, and which is hilarious given what he turned out to actually be. Okay, first of all, it was the '70s, and I did not throw anything in the pudding. I gave her the Cosby cream because of the fact that. It was the 70s. We were all out there doing the Coca-Cola. And also, just know I aimed on the pillow. I I don't think I ever want to hear the words Cosby cream (laughs) in sequence ever again in my life. What? It's just a homemade, homemade concoction that was made for the people. We shouldn't go back to essences. It is a true Cosby essence and a true Cosby gift to have the Cosby cream. <laughs> oh, man, those poor women. If, if he was anything like that to them, those poor, poor, poor women. Oh, my gosh. 
I, I really agree. I'm just going to talk with my regular voice on that one. I do not consider rape a funny thing, just to let you know. But it is funny to make fun of Bill Cosby. And at this point, I think he kind of has it coming. And he's probably going to have he's, – I mean, he's honestly been owed his social lashings despite, you know, he should be put away. He should go through all his lashings. I mean, we should put him to task as a society for sure. I mean, he's going to jail for the rest of his life, which probably ain't that long. No, and, and that's honestly probably the biggest injustice about it is that, you know, for the longest time he basically got to keep living and keep being, as you so adequately pointed out with your uh, parody of him there, kept being such a – high and mighty virtue signaling yeah a lot of people said he was a dick yeah apparently yeah apparently i mean sure he did this to the waynes bros he did this to eddie he did this to eddie griffin even though eddie griffin at one time was actually under his tutelage but he didn't say yeah cosby was a dick but he taught me things like and, and sometimes that's just how it is. I mean, I, I can honestly say that about a number of managers who have trained me over the time. I mean, oftentimes their training was right. They were terrible people a good chunk of the time. But, you know, it doesn't mean they can't regurgitate or can't teach things that they've learned. I sure. mean, hell, like, there was a rumor going on about him in the 90s about this episode. Like, I've listened to some of the podcasts that comedians go on, and Bobby Lee said he used to have his makeup artist talking about him all the time. Like, she was, he was getting gro- like handsy with her. Oh, people in the handsy stuff. Just, Jesus Christ, keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> like, keep yourself in line and keep your hands to yourself. I swear. I just, it, yeah, it's just baffling that it's just now people are thinking that this is the kind of stuff they can actually feel comfortable reporting. I mean, at this point, I mean, the statute of limitations wasn't there. So, I'm glad these women stepped out because, frankly, I'm I'm tired of girls and men going silent when they know something isn't right because I know it's hard. But the fact that they're standing up is giving a lot of other people courage to do it. Yeah, I mean, the statute of limitations works if you get – if justice works 100% of the time first. If it doesn't work, then obviously people can hide crimes this long beyond the statute of limitations. Then we need to make certain exceptions for it whenever these people have managed to somehow you know, dodge the system either through – uh, Cosby and since pure charisma and sheer power that he had garnered from his image. I mean, he had the money. I mean, heck, at one point he was trying to buy NBC. Yeah. So yeah. he had money, and the money is power, especially in that world, to where, you know, you can slide a couple dollars under the table to make something go away. And that's probably what R. Kelly did in 03, was stop the case from fully going through because – the victim decided she didn't want to testify. I'm like, he must have bribed the victim or something. Yeah, the same thing happened with uh, Brian Singer whenever he went through a number of his trials and a number of the people mm-hmm. just suddenly decided that they weren't going to pursue it, probably due to the fact that they settled out of court, quote-unquote, i.e. got paid off or accepted money yes. in lieu for what it is. And to be fair to those victims, you know, going through a trial, being publicly put through that, and then you're going to be always like, you're the so-and-so from the court case, something like that. Yeah, your careers are over. You're, I mean, they'll blacklist you for much of this stuff. So I honestly don't blame them oftentimes for taking the money and doing the less intricate, you know, the less intense situation where they ruin everything. They take the money for their emotional damage and personal damage, and it's, I'm sure it doesn't make them happy. It's not true justice, but it's oh, no. way easier in the pragmatic look of life to deal Jesus, with. Screw it. You're a piece of shit. Give me my money, and let me just live my life. Right, right, and you know, so for some people, they don't want to fight that fight. They're not, you know, they're not trying to seek, you know, they're not trying to be a hero. They just literally want to get, you know, justice for themselves. And for some people, that's just getting to live their life the way it should have always been in the first place. Yeah, when it comes down to it, 
like so many people get off they're living their life and the other people are emotionally scarred or something that changed their life and uh, as a whole because i mean when you when you're a person that wakes up after being raped in your sleep or when you're unconscious i can only imagine what that feeling is like it's it's revolting to even think uh, what do you what what do you like the morning after something like that happens? You've been violated without your knowledge. I couldn't. I, I agree with you. I could never put it into words or imagine it. I have never had to uh, personally go through something like that, and I would never. Uh, I would never try and make some kind of caricature to represent it because I honestly just do not know. I mean, I've had some uh, abuse issues with people in my family in the past, but nothing to that level, and nothing that I would ever put up as comparison to something like that. Right. So just like for me, it's the same thing. Like I know girls. Heck, I know guys who have been violated. As do I on both sides. Yeah. And it's. It's it's really just it's just like sometimes I don't even know what to do as a like individual for this person, but be be their rock, be their supportive, and be their ear or something like that, because I know it's a dark time of the life, and it still continues to happen every day. I mean, you know when you got kids like Brock, um, what's his name, Brock Turner. The guy that um, was on the swim team who raped that girl, like, beside the trash can, those European dudes stopped him. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Lauren had been telling me about that situation. Right, right, right. That situation still makes me mad here in 2019. Yeah, yeah. I mean. He, he literally served, like, a couple months in jail. In jail. Not even prison. Jail. County jail for this crime. And his father is just like, he's already had a hard time. He won't eat. Like, good. He won't eat. Good. You... It's like you're only reason why you um you're doing that is because you feel guilty for what you did because you got caught. <laughs> yeah, and that's always the hard thing to tell about guilt. Are they actually guilty for what they did, or are they just upset that they got caught? And this is how they're dealing with those emotions. It yeah. reminds me of like something I saw on the news. This girl was drunk driving and killed this lady's family, including her unborn child. And she was like, "I don't think you're really sorry. I think you're just sorry you got caught." Yeah, I mean, that's what she said in the courtroom to that girl. I, I I firmly believe a lot of people feel like that. A lot of people probably still think. A lot of people probably even take into account going through all the court and the public thing, and they still think that's the easier option in the long run. And the worst part is, is for some of those very terrible people, it may turn out to actually be true. They may actually still get the easier option out in terms of long-term consequences. Sometimes it's easier to go and put on the show and just deal with it immediately than it is to try and drag it all out, even if – you can just have to basically say, I'm evil. What are you going to do about it? Pretty much. And that's why I'm just like with, like, the Brock Turner situation. I think he just, like, I, I got caught. I feel bad for myself. Da-da-da-da. And then he gets out in three months. Are you serious? I mean, I could compare that to basically how corporations deal with things. Remember, they get caught, like, anytime Enron's, you know, flooded the Gulf with oil and basically gets the hand slap of, you know, a couple thousand dollars, couple billion dollars worth of fines that is basically their equivalent of being like, okay, we just basically paid you off and we get to walk away from this with no real Sorry. consequences. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it occurs in a lot of ways. I mean, we, I, I mean, it's the same way in Japan, once again, with their whole apology system. As long as you do the apology, whether you actually feel sorry about it or not isn't really in the equation. It's just about publicly apologizing, getting it out there, and being able to move on with it. So, Mm. And then 
what do you what would you do even if you could tell somebody was really sorry now you can't punish someone for not being sorry on something i mean what do you do do you punish all people who lack empathy then at that point i mean it's just a complicated situation uh, so here's what we do we get a billy club <laughs> and an angry mob and that has historically been the classic approach <laughs> you know we get some tar and feathers and um, maybe a couple pitchforks, depending if you're in Kansas or not. I don't honestly even know where to find a number of tar and feathers like that we would need to do something like that. Do you have access to a tar vendor of some type or know some place we could go? I assume we'd have to steal it since I don't imagine that. Oh, you that. can get something at Home Depot. All this stuff I'm talking about, Home <laughs> Depot. Oh, really? Yeah, just so we have to go buy some tar. Where's tar and feathers? Someone? They carry feathers at Home Depot. Oh, the feathers, we had to go to a hobby shop. We can go to a hobby <laughs> for yeah, that. Go, that. That was going to be expensive feathers. We are going to spend a mint tarring feathers or someone. It seems like I, it would just be either to stab someone. <laughs> I mean, we'll get pitchforks, too. We're going to get, like, tiki torches. Who's paying for all this? I just All I'm hearing is uh, the receipt racking up at this okay, point. Okay, first of all, it's an angry mob. We're going to be investing in this mob. <laughs> we're going to be investing in this mob. I thought angry mobs just stole things as a rule. Okay, but in this case, we're also going to be a supporter to the local community as the angry mob. So as the angry mob, we're gonna take we're gonna take a trip to Home Depot as an angry mob. Okay, we're gonna get tiki torches. We're not all right tiki torches. We're gonna make sure we'll put like are the tiki torches for the insects that are gonna be plaguing us as we run around as an angry mob? Yes, we're gonna be the, <laughs> it'll be for plaguing because like the mosquito is a state bird in the Midwest and South. But that's a whole different story. Like we're gonna go ahead. We'll even you know we'll even paint the tiki torches black, so that way they know we like black. Okay, that just sounded so racist on even my end. I felt like I was racist to my own people in that last statement. You're but the one leading the angry mob, so I mean, I, I, apparently I'm okay, just Okay, but you know what? Tiki torches last long, so we're going to use tiki torches. Okay, tiki torches. Uh, it's uh, like no MAGA hats, none of that. <laughs> we should be all right. No, no hating the Jews. Like, we love Jewish people. You can join the angry mob, too. So we're going to have to have an angry mob meeting, and we're going to have to like, have a chart that shows what we're pro and what we're cons. Yes, pretty much. Somebody's going to hold that sign. So that way, you know, there's some legitimacy. So we'll have one sign with the cons, one sign with the pros. I think at this point, we're just a political party. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. We're, just, we're going to be an angry mob. We're going to rage. It's going to be complete Attica. Like, we're going to go out there and really teach these guys lessons. Like <laughs> Teach them lessons. Don't mess with a bunch of angry people with pitchforks and tiki torches. Yes, we're going to go old school Midwest on them. <laughs> is Tiki Torch is really old school Midwest? Well, I mean, it's either that or we make an actual torch, but that might burn out on our hands. <laughs> and we're going to be ah! Who in the angry mob can actually make a torch? Nobody? All right, Tiki Torches, guys. Hope somebody, somebody has a credit card. This is not a very efficient angry mob. We are very... Well, I mean, we're going to get investors for the angry mob. <laughs> so this is kind of going to be a... Uh, Occupy Wall Street kind of thing. We're, we're both occupying and kind of going against corporations while at the same time basically being funded by said corporations. Exactly. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. We're going to be totally hypocrites in this. And totally ineffectual in our goals. Exactly. But we're going to end up on Fox News and CNN. Yeah. I we'll we'll end up with a political party in theory. <laughs> yes, exactly. I could finally talk to Ann Coulter and tell her how racist she is and how she's pretty much the devil. Don't sell her books. She, You know, she looks for that kind of controversy to sell her books, right? You know, I know, and um, don't play into her games. But I want to cuss out Ann Coulter so bad. I mean, so does half the world. But I mean, and, and Tommy Lauren is definitely on that list as well. And then all she's like Ann Coulter Jr. Basically, like I'm talking about. You know what? We're just going to talk about the fact that she eats children's souls for breakfast, and that's how everything is um, set up to be. We already know Tommy Lauren secretly likes black guys, but won't admit it. 
um, Ann Coulter probably has a black boyfriend named Tyrone, and she has races on purpose <laughs> and oh, make money. Going with the old Boondocks episode Yes, situation. I am. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, so it's like, hmm, you know what? It is for the money. So <laughs> this is just a character. And you know what? They even said it on um, Dear White People, the series. Like, yeah, I'm just playing a character, to be honest. I used to be a super libertarian, per- like, liberal person. But she decided to go to the dark side so I can make money. There's actually, yeah, there's some actual, like, on the second season, you got to watch it. It's a good show. It, it, it was like, just like, damn, once you think about it, that's kind of how media really is. <laughs> what's your price? Oh, what's my price? Yeah, whenever whenever you get big enough and this is all is taken off and somebody finally comes to your door with a paycheck. Well, I'm going to be like, well, um, you paid me half a billion dollars, so 500 mil. You know, and then I'll be like, yeah, them porch monkeys over here. <laughs> Like with fried chicken and watermelon, <laughs> just go completely drinking off. in the white air <laughs> and everything. These African Americans, they're not Americans, they're a lazy bunch of yeah. You got pundit written all over you. <laughs> yes, I'm just gonna like just sell out so hard. I'm gonna be like, yeah, with their nappy headedness, and it's just like, and their big old noses and big lips looking like monkeys. Not even gonna go with an original one, huh? Just gonna go through all the classics. Yeah, I'm just gonna go through all the classics, like Phone it in those a jigaboos. Bit. Like I'm just gonna go super racist, super fast. It's gonna be like the biggest whip <laughs> switch ever. Everybody's gonna be shocked. It's gonna be like I'm playing a heel character in the pro wrestling ring. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ham. Pro wrestling is actually a pretty good example of how you can basically create characters like that, and a lot of people will completely buy into the character. I mean, po- politics is basically pro wrestling <laughs> anyway, so it's just like. Yep, I'm just going to play a heel character. You know what? My finishing move is saying all the things white people can on Fox News. <laughs> and they would be like, you can't say that. Yeah, I can. I'm black. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you know, I already know they're secretly calling people the N-word, probably in their secret lives, in their secret home. Their secret lives, in their secret home, and their secret words. Yep, and it's just like, you know what? I want to ban, like, a Mexican and an Asian, and we're all going to just – like you know work on like building our conservative values <laughs> and um talk about welfare queens and kings and stuff like that i'm looking forward to your f- future super pack and whenever you actually become a person and can vote we're gonna be, than anyone we're going to be the the minority millions the minority millions oh my no the minority millions <laughs> <laughs> like yes i mean we're going to talk about everything Heck, i might even be able to pull a native american and be like hey you want to make some money for your tribe Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to be super evil, <laughs> super fast. We're going to say some of the worst stuff known to man. Do you believe in a soul? No? Good, good, good. You'll fit right in. <laughs> okay, perfect. Exactly. There's no soul involved. We're going to be heartless bastards, and that's how we're going to make America great again. <laughs> going get to that, get that cash? Yes, $500 million and I will definitely become the devil <laughs> by just evil, awful person. Cause this actually makes no sense. No, you cannot buy me when it comes to that type of stuff. Yes, I said five hundred million, but to be quite honest, there's no way nobody's giving me five hundred million. I don't think there's a, a shower enough for you on that one. Exactly, my price is too damn high. <laughs> I'm too fucking expensive for y'all. This is why it's never gonna happen. But I am gonna say this though: if you give five hundred million, we might be able to have a discussion. But I can already tell it'll probably go to the wrong powers, and that would also lead to another downfall in American civilization. That's we're already going through the Roman experience, <laughs> but. That's a whole different story for another day. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely, yeah, yeah. I actually have nothing to add. That pretty much all went full circle. Oh, and um, apparently you should read Mein Kampf, too, if you want to do this, because that's what worked for Donald Trump, probably. 
I mean, I wouldn't suggest reading it just because it's not terribly well written. I mean, if you want to read the ramblings of a guy who was, you know, alone in prison, had lost a bunch of family members, and possibly had recently been mustard gas, sure. I don't think it would be terribly fascinating reading for most people. Whenever I worked at a bookstore, about the only people who ever bought Mein Kampf were edgy kids who thought that they were being, like, anti-establishment by coming in and asking for that book. I'm like, yes, we carry it. It's not a banned book by any means of the word. And once mm. again, I don't believe in banning ideas to begin with because that never works for ideas. Well, I mean, they could have been aspiring young Hitler youth. I mean, they could have. That book has no answers that will help them. <laughs> it, will, it will bring them closer to the supreme race. Of not understanding anything they're doing? I, I suppose so, because they're like, what's that? It, there's not a lot of answers in that book. There's not even a lot of terribly interesting writing in that book. So, I mean, they could probably teach them how to use an oven right. I don't know. <laughs> okay, that was awful. <laughs> that that was a uh, that was a heck of a joke, yes. <laughs> that was a very joke. It's like, okay, to make sure I'm in red, what you're going to need is a little bit of yeast, and then you're going to throw it in the oven. With nice fire. I don't know if uh, Hitler was quite the baker. Hey, there's a lot of things about Hitler we don't know. Apparently, he was an artist. Apparently, he used Ava Braun as a beard. <laughs> there's a lot of things about Hitler that we're probably trying to figure out, even now. Oh, yeah, I mean, technically, we've never actually found his body afterwards. The body that the Russians claimed was his whenever we DNA tested it turned out to actually just be a Russian woman's body. So there will always be some mystery to it. And to be fair, it'll kind of be like the JFK assassination. Everyone will always want a little bit of mystery. Solving the mystery wouldn't actually make the mystery go away. I mean, a lot of Nazis did run away and go to South America. Yeah, I mean, there's always that potential chance. There are a couple of historians who theorize things like that. There was a book about it called Grey Wolf that actually had a bunch of historians theorizing some things. There's Mm -hmm. been evidence bouncing around. Some people have claimed various government agencies have always known. I mean, it'll it'll be one of those things. And like I said, even if we did get somehow a 100% answer, like if somebody time-traveled and just followed him throughout his entire life, I doubt anybody would ever necessarily believe the answer. People like their mysteries. People like not knowing an absolute, so to speak. Once again, like the JFK assassination, even if we could go back and provide absolute video evidence of exactly what happened 100%, I mean, people think we faked the moon landing. People think the Earth is flat. It, it all is pretty relative to a person's personal belief. I never understood the whole flat Earth thing. It still confuses me. People just want, want to believe in things, and, you know, that's how people are with certain things. Like, I think the world is flat. I think you're mad. <laughs> it's like, but the world is flat. And also... There's more crust that we got to go through and everything. So what we're going to need is a giant drill slash spaceship. I approve of all giant drills and spaceships, especially in combination as a giant robot fan. It's like basically we're in a giant game of Dig Dug. <laughs> and we <laughs> there, there, I'm sure we can make some kind of book. Your life is like Dig Dug and hear how it is. This is how we're going to do it. So we're going to drill through. And then when we get past the outer core, we're going to need something flame retardant. So we're going to take... Um, Take like some like flame retardant sheets, sort of like Inuyasha, and just like throw it on the ship, and it's gonna like eject as soon as we get to the higher point of fire. And then we're also gonna have to go through snow, so we're gonna have to drill through the snow too. So this is a movie now. Who's gonna be playing you in this movie, The Rock? Probably so. I mean, it's Rock versus the Flat Earth Core. <laughs> That's what's gonna be. I mean, sure, we got The Rock versus the skyscraper. <laughs> the Rock versus the Rampage Monsters. The Rock versus anything of some type of object versus street racers. I think I would actually play that video game if there was like a Rock versus video game and it was just a mishmash of you get to play as the Rock versus all kinds of different weird scenarios. I mean, The Rock versus Jumanji. <laughs> I mean, we pretty much have like 
The Rock versus everything. If it has The Rock in it, he's probably going to punch it. Or he's probably going to stop it. I mean, you, you don't really pay for The Rock to be in a movie if he's not going to, like, jump I mean, he's something. a good actor. Yeah. But, but generally, you hire him for a little bit more than just directly his act, his acting. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I would like to see The Rock versus Lamborghini and just see how that goes. <laughs> you know, forget it. You know, I want to see The Rock versus Street Fighter. They just put The Rock in a Street Fighter game. I mean, I mean, if they ever, like, try and do another live-action Street Fighter movie, I mean, especially Hollywood, The Rock being in it seems highly probable. Yes, we'll have The Rock versus Guile. Who, Actually, who would he be if if The Rock was in Street Fighter? What character would he be? Hey, you know what? They probably just make Guile black. That's what they're <laughs> gonna do. Yep, because I mean he has the leadership role. Yep, it'll be The Rock and Friends. That's what the movie's gonna be called. Okay, now I'm just imagining The Rock basically going back to like his high school hair, but clipping it off to make it look like Guile's do. Yes, he's gonna be the one doing Sonic Booms. He's gonna be the Samoan. Guile. <laughs> you could get like the John Claude Van Damme scene where he gets to pose with the American tattoo as he flexes his bicep in the original yes. Street Fighter movie. And you know what's crazy is I love John Claude Van Damme, and he actually was actually the perfect Guile, but the movie was awful. The movie was awful. He was actually a surprisingly good Guile, and I will never think. I mean, Bison was fantastic. I made that actor rest in peace. That actor, especially mm. in the his Adams Family days, was yeah. We got robbed of somebody who could give us many more amazing performances. They got the they got the looks of the characters right, but they fouled up and everything else. The story was awful. Yeah, and there is not enough fighting. No, there wasn't enough fighting. I mean, and they were trying so hard to fit in every character. Like, I mean, half of them couldn't even get screen time at all. But, you know, it was an early video game movie. They were trying to cater as best they, best they were, and they were trying to write off the success of Mortal Kombat, which honestly was pretty much Mortal Kombat. I mean, I, you can hate the movie all you want, but that is a Mortal Kombat movie. It is, like, what else is there to Mortal Kombat besides that first movie? It literally this was. This is it. Mortal lot. Kombat was based off of Street Fighter in some aspects. Yeah, to some degree. I mean, Street Fighter started a lot of the big fighting craze back in the uh, early 90s. Oh, I think yeah. Street Fighter's original release date was uh, 89 for the first one, and then the one that we would all know, Turbo, I believe, was, like, 92 or the first iteration of Turbo. I forgot how many versions they released of yeah, it. Yeah, I realized they released so many versions until like 96 of this straight up number two. <laughs> it's like we had. People still play number two to this Super day. Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2, Turbo Edition. I think there was also like an arcade edition, edition arcade edition, tournament edition, arcade edition, council edition, <laughs> your mom's edition. <laughs> like go down the list of how many editions they had. They I imagine teasing. Mortal Kombat Your Mom Edition just has all the violence removed, right? Yes. Yeah, they even had EX mom. Plus Edition. Yeah, they did have a couple EXs. I don't know if that was two or uh, if that was some of the threes. Oh, and two, they actually, that's when they introduced the um, the Super Combo system. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then they finally came out with three, with Third Strike and all that, and then mm -hmm. they tried to do different editions with that. Is like I remember Third Strike. I remember playing it in uh, the AMC 20 whenever it still had a lot of more modern arcade machines in it. Oh, my gosh, yes. And then, modern of course, they had X-Men versus Street Fighter. Oh, and yeah. And the Marvel Super Heroes game and all that kind of stuff. used to play those at Cool Crest, actually, quite a bit. Back in the day. Back in the day, whenever everybody actually gathered up at Cool Crest on Friday and Saturday nights and would play arcade games. And then Marvel versus Capcom, the first one happened, and everybody flipped out. And it was crazy. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm using Mega Man. Oh my gosh, I'm using Iron Man. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And this is still back whenever Iron Man was a B-lister. This is before the uh, movie and everything like this. This is the mid-90s. Basically, Iron Man was literally a B-lister. It was mostly the X-Men that everybody cared about in the 90s. Oh my gosh, yes. So when they did that collaboration, they brought out 
I remember the first game, it didn't have Iron Man. Well, there was an Iron Man cameo. He was kind of like a side character, but they had War Machine in the original Marvel vs. Capcom. I think I remember that, yeah. I actually used them, obviously, both pretty interchangeably since they had comparable movesets just rotated around. Oh, yeah. Like, my team was always like Ryu and Mega Man in that game. Just that, like, you just like to have projectiles where you have projectile spammer? Um, well, I did use a lot of projectiles <laughs> with Mega Man, but at the same time, I could get some close combos in with Mariu. Kind of juggle the two. Oh, yeah. So it was just like boom, boom, bam, double combo, boom, boom, bam, die. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it takes me back to those days right there when they actually had arcades. I mean, they're trying to bring it back. They uh, are trying. Uh, Matt Nazica, the uh, Japanese company that does a bunch of the Arc System machines, has actually recently uh, teamed up with Round 1 to try and start importing some of the direct Japanese machines, and they're trying to bridge the network to where you can actually play Japanese players across the Internet in America. So there are a number of arcades that are definitely trying to approach the uh, Japanese arcade style again much more uh, honestly than the 90s did. And honestly, for a good chunk of the 90s, we had an amazing arcade culture. It's still tragic to say that we weren't able to maintain it. I mean, Kansas City alone had Aladdin's Castle back in the old Blue Ridge Mall. We had, um, good grief. Uh, what was the one? Fun Factory in the Independent Center. Yes, and I'm did. sure there was numerous ones even then as a kid I didn't know, but I would spend a good chunk of my time back in the arcades back in the day being you know, a good mm-hmm. old arcade rat. Basically, you go to the mall, there's an arcade in it. Right. And then uh, the ever-classic one after all those arcades failed was everybody going to a Maris- uh, Maristar for the uh, Namco arcade up there, which yes. was probably the last really super good arcade we had in here before they finally started moving over more to the prize games again like everyone else did. Oh, I died inside when they finally did that. Yeah, it's just kind of a tragic, tragic thing, and hopefully uh, an arcade renaissance will happen again because they're still alive and strong in uh, Japan, obviously, but even in Britain, they still have a number of Namco arcades that are very popular, keep themselves going, a regular feature, so... I will say this, like, you go to the West Coast, they got places. Oh, yeah, definitely. In fact, most of these round one places are down in, like, Texas. There's actually one in, uh, just opened up in Nebraska, which is probably the closest one to us, but, of course, of course, all across both coasts. Yeah, there's a place, I forget, it's, I think it's run by Capcom, and it's like a nickel a game. Oh, yeah, a lot of them do now don't even charge coins. They usually just do like a feel like you get to be in there for a couple hours for this much. Mm-hmm. I imagine it saves them a lot on like maintenance fees and having to have somebody like check the coins out, take the coins out. You can just have someone pay a flat fee, pay whatever you want. You don't have to watch anything. You don't have to do any of the repairs nearly as much. Right. Just probably an overall uh, saver on things. Eventually, we want to get some uh, gachapon machines, and we were looking into having to have, have the coins converted so that we could actually have people use proper coins. And it may have just had to be a system where people like come and exchange dollars with us because we're not mm-hmm. sure how easy that's going to be in the long run. Makes sense. Well, y'all probably get some arcade machines in there. Just know. Uh, and we have the room for it. And if we can get some uh, electrician work in here, we would eventually like to at least get a few, you know, maybe just a small row of arcade machines since we're basing our store design loosely off of Nakano Broadway, kind of like a mini arcade kind of situation. And, and I mean, arcade in the classic sense of a lot of different stores and shops in here. I would very much like to get probably, you know, maybe four back-to-back arcade machines. So nice. about eight total. That's what I'm saying. So you need to come see the build-up of build-up. Oh, Ian's here. Um, import hobbies and collectibles. I'm telling you, you should definitely get yourself out here if you are a fan of anime um, and variations of um, mechs and Gundams, which you can get here at the shop. And even learn how to build some of the most beautiful and artistic models I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so if you got a steady hand, come and spin those bands. 
I always love a good plug from you when you get into that voice. Well, I thought I'd at least try it. <laughs> now, um, back to the Cosby Crane. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, we're never, we're never going to lose that, are you? You're going to be texting me that just so I have to cringe every time I look at it. What, the Cosby Cream? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is, I never, oh. Made by Cosby Creamery. Right. <laughs> Made in, I don't even want to know. That, that joke needs to go die in a fire. <laughs> hey, guys. That is it. Like, I actually had a dream that made me come up with the freaking Cosby Cream bit. <laughs> it all started when I was at a Cosby Christmas. No, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, okay, no, there's no such thing as a white Christmas with Cosby, so no, 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 and no. What, a Cosby Christmas? I think everybody should join a Cosby Christmas. It's, it's a Cosby good time. In the euphemisms, the euphemisms. How's it going, guys? Um, we're talking about a Cosby Christmas dream I had. It all started when I, wo- I was in this dream. And I think I told the story before, but... It all started where I woke up and I was in front of Cosby Mansion. <laughs> and there was is, is there actually a Cosby Mansion? I I don't know. <laughs> I would think with like all the shows that he did and produced over the years, like if Never Neverland is a thing, you know, like why the f- <laughs> why why can't Cosby have a thing? I mean, he had to hide all the pills somewhere. <laughs> so so I'm sitting up at Cosby Mansion. <laughs> And I decided to knock on the door. Cause I'm like, why am I here? Knock on the door. And Bill Cosby himself opens the door. He's like, you, how are you doing today? Welcome to the Cosby Christmas. We are going to have a good time today. Are you coming in? I'm like, sure. I guess I'm invited to Bill Cosby's house. Cool. It's like, would you like a drink? Maybe a Cosby cream or something of that nature. Oh. I, I, yeah, yeah, I was like, I, 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 I was like, sure, I'll take a drink. I should never have taken a drink. You never, <laughs> never. I, take I, a drink. I, I, in, in my dreams, Cosby was definitely a heavy pourer. <laughs> it was like, let me make you a little something. We also have Jello shots. No. Oh, at least you avoided a Putin pop joke. So, <laughs> low hanging fruit, right? Uh, this is where the drink is really fucked up. So anyway, so <laughs> this, this, oh, this is where it gets messed up. Okay. Oh yeah, it gets worse. So I'm going in, I walk around, and I see Louis C.K. For some reason, he's jerking off in the middle of no, like in the middle of the party, and for some reason, Sarah Silverman's there taking pictures of the whole thing, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm walking away. <laughs> I go up the stairs. I see Harvey Weinstein offering me a contract, but. Telling me I'm gonna have to give up the ass. You're you're dreaming a lot of sexual predators. Is there yes. something you need to talk about? Oh, and here and here it gets worse. So I go down. <laughs> I'm like no. So I go downstairs and Jared for Subway is handing out five dollar footlongs. So you're just going down the <laughs> entire list, huh? And I was like, Jared, what the hell are you doing here? I thought you were in jail. <laughs> and then I was just like, Do you want a five dollar footlong? No, keep that thing away from me. <laughs> and then I run back into Cosby. I'm like. Bill, what is going on here? It's Dr. Cosby to you, sir. Now, why don't you come over here so I can give you the pudding pop? And the dream man, because I woke up in a cold sweat. Did I get my shit down? Yes, go, go on ahead and sit down. <laughs> yeah, if you want, uh, like, actually, hold on, people. I'm going to add somebody real quick for five seconds. <laughs> One second. <laughs> okay, so we have um, a new gentleman here. 
Jared had to go take care of some business. Um, your name is Irish? Welcome to the show, Irish. So, um, actually, I think your mic is not working. Let me see here. Um, I'm going to pull that up. Okay, it's up. All one, right. Two, one, two. Okay, I think we're good now. Okay, shoot, shoot. Uh, yeah, so my name's Irish. I actually, uh, I'm from Hawaii. Uh, how, how I got the name Irish is actually a good story. It's okay if I tell? Yes, please go on ahead. Okay, uh, so I was an ROTC cadet. Uh, I got kicked out, but uh, that, that's actually the story I should have gotten kicked out for, but it wasn't. I cussed. And uh, my commander didn't like it. Anyways, so um, so we were going over our ethnic background uh, the first day. And, uh, you know, everyone was saying about how they're Hawaiian, you know, Polynesian. Uh, and I went, well, I'm English and Irish. So everyone thought they would make a good fun of me and say, ooh, Lucky Charms, huh? And I'm like, dude, I I've heard that before. I, I did not like being called Lucky Charms. So this guy didn't like. Like, I, I let it go by with some friends I had. You know, you have to make some exceptions sometimes. Uh, they were just having some fun. This guy really didn't like called me it. So I picked him up by his uh, short, mm -hmm. in uniform, by the way, put him to the wall and said, you want to fucking call me that again? And Ooh. so my my bigger friend, we called him Chum Chum because he looked like Chum Chum from that point, Chum Chum. Oh, my God. Pu pulled me away and said, how about we call you Irish? And I'm like, okay. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm kind of violent. Well, it's the Irish spirit within you to fight. <laughs> He's the fighting Irish, y'all. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it takes me back, you know. When I was a young lad, back in my day. Yeah, because I'm old as all giddy. I'm washed, man. I'm talking about just old. I mean, it's already bad enough that I'm kind of reminiscing about a Cosby party I've never been to. Yeah. Well, well I, like, you need help. You, you need a hug or something, my dude. <laughs> Believe me, I've been told that my whole life. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I can see Louis C.K. kind of being there, you know, joking off. But then you want to get down to Jared from Subway, giving you a five dollar foot long. I mean, well, at I least ten dollars. I I told him no. I, I was like to everybody in there. I said no means no, and I'm very serious. No means no. Like Oprah <laughs> said, no's a no's a whole sentence. Exactly. Fuck Oprah. I was wrong with Oprah. No, it's just like okay. So, so here's Oprah for you. I, I, I can sum up a whole career. I did some movies. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay, I'm going to have this really happy show. You know, you get a school. You get a school. You get a church. And then she has that very serious show. The lights are dim. Mm -hmm. We must talk about what happened in World War II in Auschwitz. I, it's just like Oprah. It's just so you can already tell how she is. And I, I'm, I'm very random. You're mm -hmm. never going to know what I say, mm -hmm. and I just met you, and I feel like you can already tell that about me. Mm -hmm. And I just love, like, spontaneous people. And Oprah just makes way too much money over what people can... People are already kind of becoming Oprah with just doing podcasts. Oh, yeah. And I'll let you know right now, I mean, shoot, when it comes down to it, the evolution of Oprah is now Ellen DeGeneres. She's pretty much white Oprah. Yeah, I, I do not like Ellen, and when she was on American Idol, I was so fucking pissed. Okay, I never understood the American Idol thing. She's a comedian slash actor, so like. Yeah, so like, and then she wants to judge people singing. Well, it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean. I mean, she's got a good ear for music, though. I mean, well, everyone kind of has a good ear for music. I mean. Oh, not everybody. Oh uh, no, no, I can't sing a lot. Follow that duel was way too drawn to give a good ear to some of these guys. Okay. I'm going to say that right now. I would love to be like a reincoing stall, like guest stall on this show. Like, I'm d everyone who likes me, upvote this. Oh, uh, no. That just, I don't think I could do it. I don't think so. I don't want to sit there all day 
listening to a whole bunch of people singing and some of them are just terrible yeah and yeah. tone deaf and make you a little depressed inside and think to yourself why in the world am i here See, my, my favorite part about American Idol, in all honesty, like, I, I do like American Idol for the actual singing. You know, Phil Phelps, I was rooting for mm-hmm. him the whole way through. But you got to love the auditions because you get them snarky-ass bitches. You, you get, like, the guys that are like, yeah, I'm here. Over the rainbow! <laughs> you know, and then expecting to get on, and they can't sing a fucking lick. Sure. And getting angry. Like, it, it's funny. I'm just gonna say it like this. I just couldn't do it. No. Some of these no. people be going on there because they want to club. They want to be famous. They don't take singing seriously. No. Heck, I started watching American Idol seasons ago. Seasons. Yeah, I'm talking about like where um, Chris Daughtry should have won American oh. Idol. Oh wow, season. you. Yeah, you're, you're going back. Yeah, Chris Daughtry should have won his season, but to be quite honest, it's kind of good he didn't because a lot of the guys that win. I faded off. I mean, yeah, Kelly Clarkson yeah. and Fantasia are still doing their thing. But where the hell is Ruben Studdard? Nowhere. Where the hell is Clay Aiken? Nowhere. Phil Phillips, even. Like, he made one song, Gone, 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 and then the motherfucker was gone. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's just like, at least, you know, he has a decent career. He sells out venues. He's really popular in Europe. Yeah, yeah. But that's like a whole different spot, um, perspective right there. That's when I knew I was just like, man, this show was fucking rigged because Chris Dockery. Yeah. The best, that's the best person that I've ever seen on that show. He had he had the element of charisma. Yeah. Good on stage, can sing his ass off, and then the guy that won the show shouldn't even won the show. Yeah. So it was just like when he got eliminated, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty much going with the fact the show was rigged. Oh, no, the, the show has to be rigged because uh, on Phil Phillips' season, uh, there, there was this guy, I forget what his name was, but it was, like, the top four, top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was an African-American guy, and he sung, like, a version of a song. I forget what it was called. Greatly. Like, even the judge was saying, like, greatest in history. Like, a, a really great song. And Phil Phillips kind of did an okay job, and then the Asian girl kind of did an okay job, and I forget who else it was. And he got voted off next week. So either it's Judge or either it's rigged, I mean, or America just doesn't know good music. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, all it takes is just having the right, you know, connections in the network to say, hey, this guy should pass. This one shouldn't. Yeah. This one's going to make us money and this one isn't. So they had this idea of what's going to make them money and stuff like that. But that's just like, it's a conspiracy theory, I guess I would say. But to me, I just, I stopped watching the show. Like, because of that situation and to be quite honest it was just the same old shit after that to be quite yeah, honest no. because like I think a lot of Americans really realize like how easy it is for a corporation to rake TV mm-hmm. once like great TV shows was starting to get pulled like Touch for instance only, only had three seasons don't know if mm-hmm. you watched it but Touch was a great show original refreshing uh, have you ever seen it I have not ever seen Chuck. Well, so I'll, I'll just give you a quick rundown. So it's about this kid who doesn't believe in talking. He's a wicked smart kid who never talks. Well, he talks once in the show. Hmm. And it was more towards the end, and it was a shocking moment. But he writes numbles hmm. saying about events that are about to happen. The government wants him and everything. And it's just a very original show. And it was very refreshing. Only three seasons, though. Yeah, the, whole, the problem is with American society, we kind of – we're in the ADH – generation where oh yeah we're yeah. an ADHD generation where we're really focused on having excitement every few seconds 
something that captures us and keeps us actually interested in the um, in the series itself. That's why you see a lot of shows that just go down south after maybe the first or second season. Yeah. If it's not interested enough, you'll see a lot of people just kind of remove themselves from it. Maybe I, maybe I'll DVR this or something like that and yeah. get back to it. And some people never do. Like it all depends. Like for instance, Powerhouse is like like I would say Breaking Bad or something. Oh, like Breaking that. Bad. See, my my uh, biggest problem with Breaking Bad is like the first two to three seasons were great, amazing. Well, not not amazing necessarily, but they will. J- Jesse Pinkman was a great character. It, it it basically followed really smart guy, really dumb guy trying to make meth. Great, and then it got too dramatic. Oh yeah, when it got later in the show, that's when it was got like darker setting. Well, I like mean, stuff? I see what they were trying to do. Though. I see why they did it. Yeah. I mean, he was getting big for his britches. He felt like he was like the most powerful man in the city. But then he gets he he gets got mold. Like it's like the show Weeds. But but even the girl in Weeds, uh, well, Nancy, Nancy's so fucking name. Even admitted she was a shit drug dealer. Well, that was it. Nancy could have got out like multiple times. Yeah. And I well, 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 she kind of did one time. She got out, and then she put herself back in. Yeah. Her selfishness is what caused her to have a rift with her family at the end of the show because she only thought about the excitement of being the drug dealer Yeah. and getting in all this crap and trouble. And it was just like she lost friendships. She lost lovers. And she pretty much lost her family for quite a while because of her yeah. rash decisions. Though I do like uh, the progression of a lot of characters in there. Like my favorite character is uh, how do I f- Doug, Doug and um, shit what Andy? Doug and Andy are my two favorite characters. Uh, Andy's actually uh, gone out. I forget the actual actor's name, but uh, he's gone out and done other TV shows, and and he's just mm-hmm. a funny, spontaneous guy, great that actor. He is. But but the writers of the show were great. It's just really how the story kind of went kind of didn't make sense but without Nancy selling weed or anyone selling weed it's not weeds and I think that's well it kind of I think that's well it was a double edged sword is they put themselves in a rock and hard place if they don't sell weeds not weeds what else can they do they they knew that they would lose their fan base yeah it was like the, the word, I mean it was a good ending because it was at that point where like weed yeah. was, le- was legal in all of America at that point so she had like a Starbucks place that sold weed and coffee and stuff like that. It was a literal coffee yeah. shop, like the Amsterdam. But market. see, what I like about the ending of Weeds is with a lot of shows like Weeds, like like thrillers or even comedies, they always want to go out with a bang. At the ending of Weeds, spoiler alert! The, the, I talk the truth no matter what. I'm just a big spoiler alert. They they sit down and smoke a cigarette or smoke a joint. It you can never really see what it is, but but it, it's just a whole family sitting down smoking. And that's the end. Mm. It didn't go out with Nancy dying, even though she died almost died like twice in the whole show. Man, you know, there it was, was just plenty of times where I thought she was gonna die. Yeah, I really did think that they were gonna kill off her character, which it, it would make sense. Like it's full true. seasons before the ending, uh, they, they, they could replace any character because they they, they kind of set that way up. Cause uh, oh yeah, well well 2008 kind of hit at the same time, and they didn't know like what actor would really stay and what really was gonna happen. Very true. So they they kind of just propelled themselves for that, and I'm happy that no characters got replaced or killed. Oh yeah, you I know, agree. well so, some some characters got replaced, but uh, you know it, it 
altogether, weeds is a great show. And then that's weeds, you know. Yeah, but let me go ahead and close this out with the owner okay. real quick. And then I got to go ahead and um, and take care of some wholesome business. Um, Jared. Um, so um, we got my colleague Jared back. Um, we colleague, had a, that's generous. Well, colleague, friend, <laughs> business owner, whatever you want to be. I uh, will let you be that if you want to be or you're going to be. <laughs> you guys are singing a song to me. This has all been like leading up to you proposing to me still, I feel. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, did you have anything you wanted to say before we conclude this podcast, sir? Um, uh, not in particular. You know, go to the Sacra Festival. In, you know, keep listening to your podcast. Have a good time. Don't believe anything the crazy man says. Okay, first <laughs> of all, that was just... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, I brought the Cosby cream. I am so sorry. Oh, here we go again. I didn't mean. <laughs> you know what? I already know the Lauren's gonna judge me for this episode when I pull it out. But still, oh, I just realized how I said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know what? There needs to be phrasing like Archer. You, you, that's, I've been doing the entire time. Do we need to go back to the essence comments. <laughs> okay, first of all, when it comes to the essence, of the <laughs> when spot, it comes to the essence, there's just a little bit of something people can marinate on. <laughs> Okay, you know what? I feel so judged here. I'm getting judged by the builders in this room. I mean, you just told them to sit and spin, so. There's another guy. Irish came in here for some reason. He jumped on the podcast because he seemed interesting enough, and actually he was a very interesting man. So thank you, Irish. I mean, and Jarris is looking at me in just, like, disbelief and shock. It's, it's like, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm okay with that. I feel like. I'm ashamed of myself. I'm never going to be invited to do a podcast. It's okay. Here. I, I'm ashamed enough for you. See, well, it looks like I'm never doing a podcast here. Again. Oh yeah, because that, that's how I've ever been. It's like I have literally burned this on this track into the ground. Oh yeah, that, the, the bridge is on fire. It's potentially nuked. I'm definitely doing a trade embargo on it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So with that, I'll probably be banned from build up imports. So it's got to be a first, hobby. Right? Yeah, import <laughs> hobby and collectibles because. He's like, oh my gosh, I don't ever want to be on this podcast ever again. I'll see you. I'll be on this podcast almost assuredly next week. Oh, okay, so it's assured that I am going to have another continuance of the of the build up legacy. And Irish said he'll come back, and that'll be interesting. I got a couple other mics that can use. And the builders that are sitting next to me right now are very focused and at work. I got a thumbs up. I got another guy that's kind of like giving me a thumbs up. Irish just gave me the finger. <laughs> Mixed results all around. <laughs> and I've also been judged really hard. So with that, this is Delivery Rose. I'm Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. Black Fabio, a.k.a. Your Future Step Daddy, a.k.a. The Midnight Marauder, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. And that's how we play. Now with that, this is the end, and I'm the shit like the pins. Bye. <laughs>